You're listening to the Christian Post Daily Podcast. Today is Friday, February 10th. A Walton Family Foundation murmuration poll shows that most Gen Zers look to social media for news over traditional media formats. The research, which surveyed over 3,215 to 25 year olds and over 1,000 adults aged 26 plus in December, found that Gen Z respondents lean on YouTube more than 60%, followed by TikTok at 57%, Instagram, Snapchat, then Twitter and Facebook at 33% as their top news sources. By contrast, just 24% cited local TV news, followed by network news at 23% or online or physical copies of national newspapers at 13%. While the majority of Gen Z looks to TikTok for the news, just 15% of adults over the age of 26 said the same, with 40% indicating they regularly use YouTube, followed by Instagram and Twitter. 40% of respondents over 26 reported watching network stations such as ABC, CBS, and NBC. Focus on the Family's Vice President of Communications, Paul Batura, believes this increased reliance on social media and potential for misinformation is not much different from the realities presented by other forms of news delivery that have developed over the last couple centuries. He told the Christian Post, quote, Once upon a time, people received their news from a town crier. Could the crier be trusted and believed? It often depended upon the source and the subject. There is a tendency to romanticize the past. Yellow journalism is often attributed to a specific era, but sensationalist reporting simply takes on new forms today. Papers once wanted cash, now news outlets seek clicks. Newspapers have always been biased, if only by what they put in a story and what they leave out. That's been the case for generations. Batura added that Christians are called to be discerning, explaining, quote, We're to test everything, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, and pray for wisdom. The vehicle of delivery for news is less concerning than the source and subject matter. I know I can trust Dr. Al Mohler on Twitter, unlike a leftist columnist with one of the major news outlets. Shortly before shooting his teacher in his class at Richneck Elementary School in Newport News, Virginia last month, a troubled six-year-old boy allegedly showed his mother's gun to another student and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone, per a notice of claim filed on behalf of the injured teacher. The three-page notice of claim written by Diane Toscano, the attorney for the injured 25-year-old teacher, Abigail Werner, details a history of violent behavior from the first grader toward her client and other teachers and students before the shooting. Toscano also shows how the school's now-removed assistant principal, Ebony Parker, failed to seriously treat warnings that the student had a gun prior to the shooting, with the claim maintaining that Parker was warned three different times by concerned teachers or employees that the shooter had a gun on him at school. A Syrian newborn with her umbilical cord still attached was rescued alive after being found buried underneath large chunks of rubble in the aftermath of a 7.8 magnitude earthquake that hit southeastern Turkey and northwestern Syria on Monday. The newborn was the sole survivor from her immediate family after the quake flattened their family home in the northern rebel-held Syrian town of Jindyaris, agency France Pressy reports. Relative Khalil Aswadi told the outlet that the baby's parents and siblings did not make it out alive, but that they heard a voice while digging and discovered the infant among the debris. Pediatrician Hani Marouf told the AFP that the baby arrived at a clinic in the nearby town of Afrin in bad condition but is now stable. Marouf explained, quote, she had several bruisers and lacerations all over her body. She also arrived with hypothermia because of the harsh cold. We had to warm her up and administer calcium. Due to a concerning bruise on the baby's back, the doctor said they need to determine whether there is a problem with her spinal cord, though they noted that the baby has been moving her legs and arms normally. This next article comes from the Freedom Post, a free newsletter delivered every Monday and Thursday by the Christian Post. You can subscribe today for free at the link in the episode description.
U.S. District Court Judge Colleen Kalarkotelli, a Clinton appointee, that the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution may confer a right to abortion. The judge's comments came in an order regarding the criminal case of a pro-life activist who was charged with violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, or FACE Act, for blocking the entrance to a Washington, D.C. Planned Parenthood. Lauren Handy's attorney cited the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling last June in the case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion, overturning the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion nationwide. The defense claims that the ruling means there is no federal interest in protecting access to abortion. However, in the Monday order, Kalar Cotelli wrote that the FACE Act is intended to regulate a broad category of reproductive health services, not just abortion. The judge asked the parties in the case to consider whether the Dobbs ruling is confined to the 14th Amendment, whether other provisions in the Constitution, quote, confer a right to abortion as an original matter, and also suggested that the 13th Amendment, which was ratified to ban slavery and involuntary servitude, could contain a constitutional right to abortion. A court has rejected a motion from Moscow, Idaho, to dismiss a lawsuit filed by three people who were arrested during a 2020 worship protest outside City Hall that include hymn singing. During the event, which was organized by Christ Church of Moscow, three individuals were arrested for not wearing masks and not being socially distanced from other attendees. In issuing a memorandum and order last week denying the city's motion to dismiss the lawsuit, senior United States District Judge Morrison C. England Jr. wrote, quote, Plaintiffs should never have been arrested in the first place, and the constitutionality of what the city thought its code said is irrelevant. England further described the prosecutor's charging decisions as flawed. The judge encouraged both parties to take a step back from their respective positions and prepare to negotiate in good faith, believing that this case should not need to see the inside of a courtroom. Jeff Younger, the Texas father whose custody battle with his ex-wife made headlines as a result of her efforts to get their twin son to identify as a girl, recently revealed that his ex-wife began to attempt to get the young boy to transition when he was just two years old. During a TimCast IRL podcast episode on Friday night, Younger explained, quote, Starting at about two years old, my ex-wife decided to transition my son to a girl. I told her she couldn't do that. She forced me out of my house, filed her divorce, and then began to really in earnest try to transition my son. Footage recorded by Younger of his son James at age three shows the boy repeating what he said his mother had told him. I'm a girl, James stated, because his mommy told him so. James also told his father that his mother, who is not the biological mother of the boys, painted his nails and had him wear dresses. Younger also shared that his ex-wife would put James in timeouts and say things like, quote, don't be a boy, the monsters only eat boys. A Give, Send, Go campaign called Save James says that the funds raised will go towards stopping the social and medical transition of James, as well as to help pass a law prohibiting social and medical interventions like this on children. Thank you for listening to the Christian Post Daily Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast in your podcast player of choice, Apple Podcasts on iPhone, Spotify on iPhone or Android, or Google Podcasts in your Android device. Don't forget you can download the Edify app by searching for Edify, E-D-I-F-I, in the iPhone or Android app stores. There you can access our entire network of faith-based and uplifting podcasts. You can also subscribe to the Christian Post daily newsletter and get the top headlines every day delivered right to your inbox. You can click the links to download the Edify app or subscribe to the newsletter in the podcast episode description. We would also appreciate a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Thank you for listening. This has been the Christian Post Daily Podcast.